this is Candy Cosplay, and you're listening to We Got the Geek. We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. All right, it's uh, Jay Stu. I'm here with the lovely Sarah J. Hello. Once again, uh, recording during quarantine. Yes, COVID-19 2020. I think it's week seven, which is scary. So this time out, we're joined uh, by an amazing writer and an awesome artist, and uh, quite frankly, uh, someone I'm proud to call friend. We've got Sarah Water Raven on the other line with us. How's it going, Sarah? Great sound effects wizard as well. Like that, in, a, in another life. Like that I, fellow in Police Academy. <laughs> right? Oh, in another life, I could have had an incredible career as a voice actor. Just saying. <laughs> uh, now, we we actually saw you, like, I think in February. Like, does that not seem like it was a million years ago? What were we doing? Wait, you did, oh, you just came over. We came right? over, we went to a yeah. restaurant, we talked about Picard. It's so true. Oh, and I finished that 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 delightful season. Oh, God, that was so good. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, it, well, great visit, first of all. Yeah. Um, it, de- it definitely did feel like, like, it felt like a year ago. Um, it feels like a really long time. I know it's, it's hard on everybody, we... We're all missing our friends and our loved ones, mm-hmm. um, but we're so lucky to, to have the internet. We're so lucky to have social media, you know, ways to stay connected even when we're disconnected, right? Oh, yeah. And thank God, or or, or Goddess, or Cthulhu, or Satan, whichever you prefer. Or the for... flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> and, yes, the flying spaghetti monster for... Um, for, for, you know, binge-worthy TV, like Picard. Yes. Oh, so good. Yeah, you liked it too, right, Sarah? I loved it. It was really good. I'm, I missed Star Trek, so. Lots of twists and yeah. turns. It was like a roller coaster ride in space. Yeah, Next Gen was definitely kind of like, I was at the right age uh, when it came out, and it left, like, the biggest impression on, on me, and then, uh, Voyager probably is my second favorite. Mm. Um, so to have Picard and Seven of Nine in the same show, yeah. I was losing my mind. Like, I was so excited. I, I read today that they're thinking of giving her her own spinoff from this as well. Yes, that's uh, what I read. Like, yeah, I would love for them to explore more of like that side of things because it seems like I, I was very interested in why the Borg struggled uh, being separated from the collective, uh, finding identities, um, you know, because they did have lives beforehand, right? And, and the majority of them were adults when they were assimilated, unlike Seven of Nine. Yeah. So it just seemed it just seemed like something that like if that series didn't explore it i'm so glad they're going to explore it somewhere else yeah um yeah i don't want to give i I mean like i want to talk about it in in detail 
mm-hmm. but um, I already got in trouble <laughs> uh, for spoilers on Facebook. On Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, somebody got upset. The episode had been out, I think, for, for probably uh, a week or two. And somebody was talking about how they were watching the show, and they said how many episodes that they were in. So I knew that they had gotten past the episode that I spoiled, but somebody else hadn't, and they saw the post in my comment, and they were like, I mean, it was it was a douche canoe <laughs> comment, and I was like, and I was like trying to debate on whether I deserved it or not. <laughs> I was like. I was like, an episode has been out for two weeks. What's, is there, like, a, a rule, you know? Because people are still upset that, that Harry Potter is getting spoiled for them. So <laughs> I don't really know what the time frame is. That's funny because I was reading my Facebook memories today, and Endgame came out a year ago. And all my posts were, I'll, I'll cut anyone that spoils this movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> there will be slaughter. It will be bloody. It will be violent. There will be entrails everywhere. Yeah. Just run, basically. When I worked um, wildlife rehab when I was in school in Ohio, um, when we fed the birds of prey, we would give them whole prey. So animals that were dead and then they were frozen and then thawed for the birds of prey to eat. And, like, for some reason, the peregrine falcons, when they ate, would just, like, rip out the intestines of whatever they were eating and just, like, fling it on the, on the walls. And then somehow, like, pebbles would get stuck on the intestines, and it looked like little Christmas lights of intestines all, all over their enclosure. Oh, and, hilarious. And I was like, yeah, and I was like, tis the season, like... <laughs> And uh, I actually ended up incorporating that into um, into one of my books uh, because it was such a vivid memory from from working wildlife rehab. Can help I, I just think peregrine falcons are psychotic from the sounds of it. You would think that. You know what? Like, they're all like that. You know, like, Phelan, you know, he's a predator, right? Wolves. Um, he gets... You know, he gets a toy, and the first thing that he does is, like, surgically, like, open a seam somewhere, and then he just very carefully starts pulling things out like a serial killer, you know, like, he's like, yeah, he's like Dexter with stuffed animals, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, what's happening over here, you know, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't bark like other dogs, you guys have seen him, Yeah. he he silently observes, like he observes you, and he's like that, yeah, when he's like that, when he sees strangers outside, he just goes to the window and stares, and and Josh and I are like, I hope nobody ever breaks in here, because Phelan, yeah, I was like, because Phelan will just go and kill them, and we're going to wake up. And we're we're gonna be in shock because there was no barking, no warning. Mm-hmm. There's just a body huh. in, the, in the living room. Huh. I I feel very bad for whoever decides to do that because they will right. not know what hit them. Oh, I know, right? Like we, we <laughs> what I've seen with him and toys, I'm thinking to myself, that's a horrible way to die. Boy, <laughs> that would be slow. Yeah. 
sounds like they were trying to break into your house. So I'm I'm not, you know, too upset. You're right. You're right. If they break in, they deserve to be serial killed by my dog. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's your dog's job. I think that's your next book. That's right. (laughs) I think, yeah, I won't take the Cujo kind of rabies uh, take on things. I'll just have a dog that is essentially just a serial killer. Oh, oh my God. have you guys ever heard of the horror movie Rubber? No. no. It is a horror movie about a tire that is a serial killer. A tire. A tire. Like a, a single, tire. A single tire. And it's called Rubber. And oh I, like, horror movie fans have praised this movie because it's not, like, they had to get really creative with the tire, of oh, course. Yeah. But, like, it's all of the cast and surrounding actors that apparently just make it. They just make this film. And so it's on my list. <laughs> it's on my list of things to watch. The serial killing tire. Wow. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I may yeah. have to check had, that out. Yeah. You know what? We'll just do, we'll do a, like, a Google Hangout, and we'll all watch rubber together <laughs> oh man does that sound good yeah I'm in <laughs> probably won't be probably won't be the worst movie I ever saw so I have a feeling it won't be I have a feeling like afterwards we'll be like wow how did wow how did that happen that's awesome <laughs> uh I mean, it won't. It certainly won't be as bad as that. What was it, Kung Fury that you made us watch? Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah, isn't that like half an hour of just of just pure chaos? My brain in film form. Yeah, it's just half an hour of pure chaos. <laughs> it came highly recommended to me by um, a friend of mine, Anne Tran. Um, she co-authored a book. Um, about uh, a zombie apocalypse, and it's uh, it's called Bath Salt. Remember when uh, oh, <laughs> when ba- when Bath Salt yes. came out, the the drug, and people were like eating each other's faces. <laughs> and so they they decided to name a, a zombie apocalypse book Bath Salt, and um, she co-authored it, and <laughs> and she's she's pretty funny. So I wasn't surprised that the uh, recommendation for that pure. <laughs> K-Fox movie uh, came from her. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Bath salt. Bath salt. Bath salt. I remember yep. all those news stories of it happening and just thinking, what the hell is going on with people? And now I'm wondering it again because people are out there protesting, having to stay inside. Yeah, actually, you know, um, speaking of, like, COVID and then zombie movies, there's a movie called Maggie. I think it's, I think it's Maggie. Yeah. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it. Oh, I've heard of that and one. He's, yeah, yeah, he's the father of a teenage girl who gets infected with, yeah, with the, um, with the zombie virus. And I will say that it is exceptionally sad. Um I know that I was crying like a baby at the end, but uh, Arnold's acting, her acting, um, 
was beautiful, but it is weird watching it because it is so, um, it, it really just is reflective and mirrors what we're kind of going through now yeah. if, if things were more severe, mm-hmm. do, do you know what I mean? And, uh, I just, I, I don't think I, I could watch it right now. It would probably upset me because of everything going on. Yes. But, uh, watching it, I was like, wow. Because it, it wasn't typical of other zombie movies where, like, within minutes, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. chewing your family's face off. It was very slow. And that's why it was so dangerous. And that's yeah. why COVID is dangerous, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and you could see, like, Arnold's character, he was holding on to his daughter for as long as humanly possible. Like, I was just sobbing. <laughs> like, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but it was really good. Um, and another kind of, like, off the off the radar zombie movie is The Girl with All the Gifts. I love that movie so much. Yes. Such uh, a good and, movie. Yeah, and, and I know there are, I think there's a comic series and a video game with similar with a similar concept that it was, it's actually a fungus that yeah. causes the zombie virus. Um, and the girl with all the gifts was just, was just so interesting. Um, and I think if anybody's looking for <laughs> zombie movies uh, during this horrible time, <laughs> And wants to depress themselves. Those two are good, two good movies to oh, watch. Another good movie about zombies, and it's almost like um, a, like a, a fungus or or plant kind of or hive kind of mentality is Cargo. Cargo, like that. Cargo with Martin Freeman. Cargo, Martin Freeman. And oh, it, geez, it already gave it already it already spoiled something for me. Gosh darn it! Gosh, it, dang, dang it, guys! It's <laughs> very good. It it was based on a short film of the same name, and they just stretched it into a, a feature length. So this looks very slimy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just yeah, um, I'll have to take a look at this. It made um, me cry. I bet you it may looks not want like to watch it because it, it, but it just. I sobbed my freaking eyes out. Okay, maybe, maybe you know, for happier times. Yes. <laughs> when, when okay, so I cried, but at the same time, it was very touching. Uh-huh. And it was just, like, Martin Freeman plays a dad who becomes infected and has to find somebody to care for his daughter, his infant daughter. Whew, that sounds like a... Oh, yeah. A wrencher. Wrenches the heart right out of the chest. Yeah. And on that happy note, uh, (laughs) let's take a commercial break. Okay. Throw in one of our three commercials. And then uh, we'll come back and uh, we'll talk to you about some of your projects, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. We can talk about how we're all keeping busy. Yeah. Stay tuned, loyal listeners. There's more We Got the Geek still to come. Sketchbook Comics and Games is a store that has something awesome for everyone. In addition to selling comics, board games, and action figures, there are tables for open gaming. Wednesday nights, Sketchbook features game night starting at 6 p.m. Friday through Sunday, Sketchbook is the place to be for Magic the Gathering. 
The store is located at 224 Glenridge Avenue, Unit 9 in St. Catharines. Come on down for all your geek and comic book needs. All right, uh, we're back. Uh, Sarah J. and I, we're here with uh, our wonderful friend, Sarah Waterraven. How's it going? Oh, that sounded awesome. So, so I know you've had uh, some projects on the go. Um, you were mentioning you're bringing back uh, your beloved character, Detective Doherty. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, unfortunately, it, it took a lot longer than, than I had intended. Um, I was kind of popping out books pretty steadily, and then, uh, unfortunately, um, Josh's mom got sick, and then... Uh, yeah. And then my mom, my mom as well, um, and it was it was a very very difficult time. But um, mm-hmm. you know, once once I could, I threw myself back into my world and my books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been I wouldn't say healing, but it, it's it's given me drive, right? Drive and motivation, yeah. and really just kind of pulled me out of kind of, unfortunately, the misery we were in for, gosh, like three years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited about this book. I think writing-wise, plot-wise, it's kind of the culmination of the three books that are already out. And, I, and I'm just so excited to show everybody, like, what I've been building up to. Um, yeah, so, like, and, and, of course, like, we won't see, like, the full, complete picture of where we're going until, uh, I think it's going to be about a, a six-book series. That's always kind of... I was just about to ask you. Yeah, yeah, it's always been kind of what I've been planning. Um, so, I'm very much looking forward to getting this to readers. I've started to, you guys, I think, saw that I've started to, like, leak the the covers, yeah. the paperback, the ebook. So I'm I'm excited again and it feels it feels really good. So that that manuscript is with the editor. She's going through it. I don't anticipate any major revisions or rewrites. Mm-hmm. So hopefully hopefully what are we we're gonna be in May soon. Uh-huh. Hopefully I think, I'm yeah. hoping <laughs> June June, July that I can get the ebook out. Nice. And then hopefully Somewhere in July, get the paper book, the uh, paper book, the paper book, the paperback <laughs> out. And then um, another project that I've been working on. So while my mom was, um, when she was first hospitalized, I, I was just having a very difficult time um, because a lot of it was just kind of waiting mm-hmm. at first. And we didn't know what was going on, so I opened up my phone, and I just started writing a book while I was sitting with her while she slept or while I was in the waiting room, and I just started typing it up on my phone, and it ended up, oh, thank you, it ended up being a story about um, a, a young ghost and a necromancer.
And this girl looks kind of like side glances at him as she's passing, and she's like, you're sitting on a bench? <laughs> and then she keeps going. And he can't believe that he can. she can see him, so he chases after her, and the story kind of continues from there. Oh. And I, I had... I had been planning to write the story for some time, but in that kind of panicked, um, adrenaline-filled headspace where I just needed to escape, the story just wrote itself pretty mm-hmm. much. So, um, so that that got published um, last year. I couldn't believe I was able to publish a book under those circumstances, but I I yeah. did uh, I did publish it and. I I started looking for because you know with with the with the publishing world whenever you're doing indie indie or self publishing your main bread and butter is ebooks mm-hmm. paperback um, you know conventions book signings you do make sales it's good it's great to get that kind of one on one action um, you connect to readers and some of my readers that I've met in person, including you, Sarah, <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've developed bonds and friendships. Yeah. And so I, and I love that, but the like largest portion of my income is from eBooks. Yeah. And I was looking for another way to get to, um, a broader audience. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for, you know, more income as well. So I started looking at these publishing apps. Um, there's like one called Radish, there's Wattpad, which everybody knows about, but (laughs) very, very, very few people, like a very small percent make any money on or from Wattpad. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's just such the platform. I think it's got like over two, uh, what was it? It was like, oh, you know, I can't even remember because I think Tapas, which I'm going to get to has over 2 million uh, users and Wattpad has like uh, like like more than that. I, I want to say it's like closer to eight, but oh, I feel like that number's crazy. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I think I'd, like I know there's nine billion people on the planet, so eight million doesn't sound <laughs> that crazy. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so um, I started looking into these apps, and uh, there's like web novel. There's Radish, Tapas, and there's there's quite a few other ones, and they seem to be kind of like the next evolution right. in publishing. So instead of buying, like, a book at once, mm-hmm. you unlock chapters okay. each week. Yeah, okay. so the, the author or the creator, because Tapas in particular, which is the platform that I'm on, mm-hmm. Tapas does comics as well. Yep. And I was never really a webcomic person. Um, I would get like, I would, I, I prefer getting like a full graphic novel. I don't like this, the, the single issue releases yeah. because I, I, I'm a binger, right? Yeah. Like Netflix is crack to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I always wait for the graphic novel to come out and I was never really into web novels but because I have this app now and I'm participating on it, mm-hmm. I'm totally into them. I have webtoons as well now. Mm-hmm. And it's just so great to, like, every week I've got this little episode or chapter to look forward to, mm-hmm. either on Tapas 
or webtoons. Yeah, like it's just so exciting. So I ended up slow releasing my books on the platform. And because of that, like I'm getting a whole new readership, um, like a whole new connection to fans. They can comment on my chapters or, or episodes, they're usually called, mm-hmm. and I can respond to them directly. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, like, so nice. And unfortunately, I had to make new cover art <laughs> because, like, every platform you're on, you have to kind of gear your image towards those readers, right? Yeah. So, like, with paperbacks, like, I have a certain look and image to kind of make my books stand out. But then with ebooks, you want your books to look interesting, but they kind of need to match the rest of the genre. Okay. So they all need to look similar. Yeah. But then on these platforms, because the audience tends to be younger, mm-hmm. but also because it's a large collection of manga and light novel readers and webcomic readers, there's a there's a large preference for illustrated covers. Oh, so okay. yeah, so I ended up illustrating separate covers just for my series on these platforms. So it, it's taken a lot of work, but it has definitely been worth it because my my readership is growing. I'm connecting to new people. Mm-hmm. I have these two new books coming out. Oh, and I forgot to say that because of my um, success on Tapas with my necromancer story, which is I fell in love with a necromancer, I was able to get a contract with Tapas. Oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So they contracted me for the first book, I fell in love with a necromancer, and they contracted me for the second one, which I'm in the process of writing, called Death Made Me Do It. So <laughs> that, sounds awesome. that sounds funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of humor to them. I mean, they're they're dark, right? Um, yeah. But they but there's a lot of humor and, and relief as well, comic relief, because um, you guys know me. Like, as dark as it gets, like I'm still gonna make jokes. So oh, yeah. I think that yeah. everybody's um, way of coping, though, not everybody, but a good number of people, especially weird people like us, mm-hmm. use humor or dark humor more specifically, to help cope with times of, of extreme uh, stress or anything that is, um, like, anything bad that's happened or, you know, any kind of thing like that. We have a way of trying to look at the absurd or, or dark humor to, to help us through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because um, my neighbor is uh, First Nations. Okay. And we were talking today because uh, very, very sadly, a, a mutual friend of ours, um, he was a Métis elder. Oh, yeah. And his his name was Joe Paquette. He passed away a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was really sad. We It was crazy because, <laughs> you know, it's such a small world because once yeah. we started talking, once we started talking, we realized that we knew the same people, and, and one of them was Joe. Oh, jeez. And, you know, when, whenever people think of <laughs> First Nations uh, elders, I know that the typical outsider looking in, we, 
we always think of them as these like wise, you know, spiritual, serious people. And as much as they, they, they do guide spiritually and can take you to, you know, different states of consciousness within yourself, they're also, they, they're funny. (laughs) Like I'll never forget, you know, I would see Joe, when I used to work at the conservation area and he would come and he would do his storytelling and all the people, all the visitors would be like, wow, <laughs> you know, and they, they'd think it was amazing. And he would do fire starting and he would talk over the fire. Oh, wow. And then, uh, I'm in the break room with him later and we're <laughs> drinking hot chocolate. And he goes, he goes, Hey, <laughs> he's like, what kind of bee makes milk? And I'm like, what? And he goes, a booby. <laughs> Look at some of a that booby, sage, you know? sage indigenous wisdom right there. <laughs> right? And so, like, he was so funny. Mm, and um, hilarious. I, I also remembered another time where Joe got invited to a, a, a women's circle. Oh. And he was telling me the story about how he, as an elder, got invited to a male elder, got invited to a women's uh, circle, and the female elder um, opened up the circle by talking about farting. <laughs> In-depth discussion on farting and how there were different kinds of farts: some that surprised people, some that were loud, some that squeaked out, and she just for 20 minutes, just straight up farting, completely straight-faced, and slowly yet surely, the women in the circle started to lose it, you know, they started cracking up, and that that was the whole purpose, because everybody had shown up so tense and so serious that as as a teacher and healer, she was like, I, b- I better break up this tension. And Joe, <laughs> Joe was so shocked to walk into this circle, and the women were talking about farting. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, humor, humor is important. And, uh, and, and even though, like, we're a podcast about all things geek and um, all that stuff, I just – my mind was on him, and I just had to mention him tonight. So I think it's fantastic. Why, thank you. That I love that, and I'm I'm glad you brought him up. Me too. He actually uh, birthed my drum, oh. which is which is pretty cool. A lot of people don't know about it, but um, another uh, Métis young man uh, made me a drum, and I sculpted him. Uh, a small sculpture of a lynx because he felt that the lynx was was an animal that was sacred to him and, and represented him. So yeah. I sculpted the lynx and he made me a drum. And I remember uh, taking my drum to show Joe. And he said, has your drum been birthed? And I was like, what? <laughs> He's like, your drum hasn't been birthed yet? And he was like, we better birth that drum. And so he and a, and a bunch of people, I mean, it was like, all these people like came out of nowhere, oh, like yeah. um, with their drums and their bagpipes. And um, he told me to go off into the into the woods and find a, a small stone that uh, I connected to. Ooh. And so I had my stone, 
and then he had this tiny, itty-bitty little pebble. And on my drum, so they put four stones underneath my drum to raise it, mm-hmm. and then on top of the drum, they put this tiny little pebble, and they made uh, like a kind of an archway around it out of tobacco. Mm-hmm. And he said that this is a little grandfather in his house, and now we're going to make him dance. Mm-hmm. And so Joe, Joe and another gentleman started drumming, and this little stone hopped all over my drum from the vibrations they were creating, mm-hmm. and it made and it made the the stone jump. And it was so cool to see the vibrations from their drums activating my drum. Oh, wow. And uh, they were singing, and afterwards, Joe was like, did you see that little grandfather dance? <laughs> um, and then he he was, like, hunched over holding his back and, like, mimicking <laughs> how the grandfather was dancing. Um, so they put it all into a pouch and um, tied it to the back of my drum, and that was... I think there, I, if I remember correctly, the symbolism was kind of like an umbilical cord. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, it's still there. It's still there Aww. on my drum. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty incredible. Oh, I'd love to get a pretty drum. Pretty incredible. You want to get a drum? I want to get a drum so badly. It's time. <laughs> it's time, girl. Drum. Yeah, my, my, uh, my, my neighbor might know. Uh, where to get them? She does a drum circle. Ooh. So, yeah, I always ask her. If all of this yeah. is cleared up by summer solstice, Port Luzi holds a drumming circle every summer solstice. Um, we drum down the sun. Oh, that's beach. awesome! And watch the sun set into the lake. Well, that is super cool. Oh, there's so much dancing and energy, and vi- it's just fantastic. It's it's an amazing experience. We're gonna make Jay uh, dance and drum. <laughs> and on that Jay. note, we're gonna take another commercial. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back with the mighty Water Raven right after this. <laughs> Hold on, true believers. There's more We Got the Geek after these words. You're listening to the Points of Interest Podcast Network. You can find us at poipodcast.com. For the love of pod. 